When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. This is the Athletic Hockey Show. Well, well, well. Welcome to the new Wednesday edition of the Athletic Hockey Show. I'm Sean Gentili. I am joined by my co-host permanently, now, forever, I don't know. 10 years, 20 years. How much longer can we do this? Sean Three McIndoe. episodes. Three Hi, episodes? Hi, everybody. <laughs> do we make it? Do we make it to the trade deadline? Uh, dicey. Very know. dicey. It's we, I feel like we need a clever name for this. Now, how does that work? Do we do that? Like, we, do we I come up we with that? To, or is this something? Do people that. send us stuff? Does it happen organically? I saw someone call it Oops All Sean's somewhere. Yeah. That's what we bad. think. That's okay. Just like the 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 oop the oops all berries, Cap, Captain Crunch yeah. cereal thing. Yeah, we could uh, we could do something like that. We we'd have to have like only Sean guests though. You know what needs to happen first is, and I I got the paperwork running on this. We need uh, Frankie Corrado to change his name to Sean. Yep. Yeah, I don't think he knows that yet that that's happening, <laughs> but it is it is going to happen. And then we've got, I mean, Sean Avery. I'm sure will uh, have lots to say why don't we have sean avery on today to talk about i thought Morgan about Riley and all this stuff <laughs> i just wanted to talk to him about Oppen- i wanted to talk to him about oppenheimer seriously and yeah when, when he was and i was like god no, never mind. <laughs> i think i think i think i'll i think i'll pass on that we should have it we should have had avery to talk on or to to, to speak on morgan riley uh, as it stands it's just us though so it's so you and i have to go over this and uh, congratulations, everybody. That's what our first show is going to be. Just 90 minutes of Morgan Riley talk. We're going to break this down from every conceivable angle. The incident, the you suspension, the outrage, the outrage to the outrage. The device is clicking off right now. <laughs> we, we, we have a big clock and we can't turn off the record until we hit 90 minutes on, on Morgan Riley alone. No, that's not just a Morgan Riley. That's not yeah. that's not what's happening. Um. But we we do we have to mention it because this is yep. day this is day three or day four. It's still no it's day, still, day four. Uh, we're on to day five day of five. the national conversation about <laughs> and, Morgan Riley and Ridley Gray. Where are we in the lifespan there? Because we have the suspension. We know that it's five games. Like, what is the next? Yeah. What's the next okay, area? So- <laughs> uh we've we've hit most of the major milestones. Ridley Gregg spoke to the media about it. So we have that. What we had, what we don't have yet as we're recording this is apparently Brad Living is going to address the media today. So that's going to add a little bit extra, depending on how hard he goes on it. Um that may or may not ne- necessitate a Brendan Shanahan address to the media, which is what we're all waiting for. 
Like this is you ever watch that's what it's that's God. what it's that's what it's building to. That's like the I've season. That's it. like the season. This is like yes. what was what was that show? There was a show on ABC. It was called it was called The Slap or the hit or whatever whatever yes, it was. That's where you hit the kid, yes. When 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 the dude who played Spock in the Star Trek movies hit a yep. kid. Speaking of assaulting young people <laughs> who didn't do anything to deserve it. And that's what that's what this is. We're building up to the season finale of the slap NHL edition. I, and it's gonna be I gotta say, I I'm proud of myself. I made it four minutes into this brand new podcast before I dropped a pro wrestling reference, but this is like Tre Living's in the ring with the mic, but everyone's looking at the entrance, waiting for the music to hit and Shanahan to come out and just uh lay down the the law. So we got that, and that should probably be the end of it for a while, but then it's it's gonna continue as the Leafs let's face it, go five and oh without Morgan Riley. Mm-hmm. Um and uh and and then when he comes back and they immediately lose, that'll give us another round. Luckily or unluckily, I guess depending on your point of view, we do not have another Senators Leafs game this year. Is that would be I did not I did not know that. Can you imagine if they would if April second they were on the schedule or something? Yeah. Oh, Wouldn't of, you love to watch about that? Ryan Reeves just chase Ridley Gregg around for like just 45 minutes of Ridley Gregg. Just Literally. Just, yeah. I, yeah, I was, I was going to say like, ch- like chasing, chasing him around and uh, not catching up to him. Yeah, absolutely not. Dude. It, it, it would be, uh, it'd be fantastic. All right. You tell me where mm-hmm. you're at on this because it's, it, you, you people turned, generally you, you turned, know people aren't it. familiar with my work. I'm a Leafs fan. Is that okay? what you are? Is that true? I, I, <laughs> I like to think that I'm somewhat objective, impartial. I've been told I'm one of the reasonable ones, but also I think I would like to hear your mm-hmm. completely impartial view on Riley Gregg or on, or on your, talking, re- or on your reaction of the guy with like yeah. the, you know, conspiracy board. So, um, yeah, get, walk me through the whole thing. how many hits have I done on Canadian radio about this in the last like five days? It's been like, it's been, it's been a few and I've been trying to like amend and update and like fine tune the stuff, the stuff that I say, because like, I don't, nobody wants to spend their day. Classic, classic pro go on lots of radio shows and give a different answer every single time. See, you tailor it to the people who are listening and you somehow manage to make everybody. Where are we on this one? Oh, this is in Ottawa. Well, um, yeah, right. Uh, Vancouver, what's what's where 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 are they on this? Yeah. Um I think where we landed is I think it's I think it's fine with me. Like I I don't I think both I think both guys were both guys were wrong. Both guys were but also like really who cares? Like I don't I don't care that I don't care that that really Greg did that. Like buy the ticket, take the ride. Like he did some he did something stupid. He needs he needs to deal with it. In in one way or another. Now, unfortunately yeah. for like, does that mean that he should get cross checked? You know, have have a write up cross check going to his neck? Like, no. Ideally, that would not that would not be the outcome. But if but if but if he, you know, pulled the slapper and 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 Riley just crushed him into the boards, quad, you know, whatever, took a, a, like a normal body check and into the boards, like I would say this is like this is great. Let's all let's all let's all move on. That's not what happened. So I think we need to like 
but we need to also, we, need, we need to recalibrate a little bit. But also, he he wasn't hurt. He's he's, he's fine. fine. That's what I'm. That's, that's yeah. I I I wrote in, in my piece on Monday about it that I think one one of the many overreactions to all this is the overreaction to what really Greg did to start the whole thing. Completely, I think it was that bad. And I'm I'm a pretty. I I think I'm I, I'm I'm a more of a traditional old school hockey type than maybe a lot of the voices that are out there these days. Like I I don't mind some of this code stuff. I don't mind, mm-hmm. but you know it, he took a slap shot. All right, it it was it was a little dab of mustard on the hot dog. That's all. Like you know the and, and the idea that if you're either a Leafs fan or you're a fan of you know your old school Don Cherry mm-hmm. type. That you have to then turn it into this, you know, the awful, insulting thing that he did. No, it was, it was a minor thing. It was a little bit of an exclamation point on a win that mm-hmm. was a big win for a team that hasn't had a ton of them uh, recently. Yeah. So what? Uh, you know, it's- and and the appropriate response is somebody skates over and goes. Don't do that again. Don't do it. Which is kind of what <laughs> Riley was going for. And then he it, yeah, it, far it, and escalated and whatever. Yeah. And here we I are. Mean, he he if if he cross checks him in the shoulder, it's done and it's you know that's what I'm that's what I'm saying. I wish that's what would have happened because then we yeah. could have all just I mean look which there is not is, to excuse it because you're responsible for your stick I, and yeah we always like we always have to add these like rejoiners where it's like and we're not we're not excusing it and nobody wants That's like right. well, okay like fine gotcha mm-hmm. and there's di- we're like we have it we have a discourse addiction problem like in north america when it comes to anything let alone let alone the sport so the, again the fact that we're on day five and we're making and we're openly making it worse here you and I, so absolutely whatever yeah. Um, it's one of the goals of this new show is making, just making, we, think, making, things we get worse. together every Wednesday morning. We go, what's bad that we How can, can make, we it make worse? things worse. Yeah. Um, so, I, look, what I wanted to ask though, like the, the, the part that interests me and I do know you to be, you know, whatever, one of the good, you said one of the good ones. That's what, that's what people say. I think I said one of the reasonable ones, one of the reasonable ones. But that's are, what I meant. Yeah. You are generally, but I need to ask. What is up with the Department of Player Safety having an axe to grind against against Maple Leafs players? Because that is like that is like that is a nuclear that is a nuclear take from you, and it is it, it is a an inflammatory one that I'm like not accustomed to seeing coming coming from your parts. I, I my my take is simply that, as I'm sure most people have by now, I've seen the numbers. <laughs> the Toronto Maple Leafs are the most suspended team. Someone has to be, brother. The George Paris hurt. Somebody <laughs> has to be, sure. They are also close to the team with the least suspensions against them, including quite a few. And I'm sure, it, 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 don't get me wrong, every team has these. But quite a few that you could point to and be like, how come that wasn't a suspension? Including just a week ago, Mason Marshman throws a high hit on Jake McCabe, bloodies him. The Department of Player Safety steps in and takes action, but they just find him. So, mm-hmm. you know, the Department of Player Safety said, yeah, that was messed up. Can't do that. But no suspension. Um, and I think that that doesn't it's very hard to square that with the Leafs reputation as a soft team. Which mm-hmm. is something 
that they've absolutely been called for the last five years. And it's been very funny to me this week to watch all these people go, no, nobody ever said this team was soft. <laughs> said they were soft. And it's like, dude, everybody, including Leaf fans, by the way, probably Leaf fans have done it more than anyone else. Mm-hmm. I just, I find that curious. They are one of the least penalized teams in terms of on the ice. Mm-hmm. And people have said, well, does that actually, should that correlate to suspensions? Well, people have, done the work and looked at the numbers and it does for almost every team the most penalized teams are the most suspended teams and vice versa except the Leafs now before we go too far down this road just to be really clear I do not believe George Peros hates the Maple Leafs I don't think he's mad because he lost a fight to Colton Orr 15 years ago I don't think it's a Brendan you, Shanahan thing that sure? he used to do are you sure are don't you sure? I think it's a Brendan Shanahan. I'm sure it's not a George Peros is mad at the Leafs thing. Yeah. I'm pretty sure it's not a Brendan Shanahan thing. Maybe, I don't know. Maybe Shanahan took all the office supplies on his last day. And, you know, they got there and there's like no staplers and who knows. But I do think it's at least plausible that the Maple Leafs being this giant market, it gets all this attention that everyone's always screaming and yelling about, that at some point, Peros and the Department of Player Safety got it in their heads that they've got to make sure that they're not viewed as mm-hmm. having a bias for the, the home team or, you know, for the, for the big market team and that they've maybe overcorrected in the other direction. That's my only view. I, I, there could be other explanations, including as you say that, Hey, yeah, somebody's got to be the most suspended team, including that maybe the Leafs are just, this specifically dirty mm-hmm. type of team where they're super soft, but then they crack you over the head with their stick when you're not looking and, you know, but yet nobody does it to that. I, I guess I, I think just the, think of those plausible explanations. One of them is that some human nature kicks in. And especially when you consider how much media in Toronto there is and how that media seems to always be saying that every suspension is too light, mm-hmm. that, George Paris or whoever would be like, all right, geez, you know what? This is going to be all over Hockey Night Canada. All right, this will be the one that we actually give a significance instead of the one game that we give uh, if it was the Blue Jackets or whatever. That's it. If that's think, a conspiracy, then I guess, all right. But that's, see, that's, like, that's, that's all that I'm saying. That's, that's framed so much more reasonably than I was, than I was expecting. This, this is really disappointing. You needed yeah, to, this you is needed our ninth to take that, like, on this, needed, by the way. It's... Again, fine-tuning fine and tailoring to the audience. That's what it's all about. That's right. No, I, I think I think you kind of hit on the counterpoint there, which is not that the Leafs are like a very specifically dirty kind of team, but you have Spezza freaking out and needing someone in the head. You have mm-hmm. Matthews, Matthews cross-checking someone in the neck. You have Riley hitting, you know, crushing someone after a goal, which is not something we see frequently i mean i don't know like how many times have we seen it since dale hunter right like i like and i'm not saying that that makes it better or worse or Mm. whatever but there's like there are i mean i think you see guys go over and start a scrum after a goal fairly often you don't see yes this you don't see it you you don't see it happen after that's also a part of it too i think the circumstances where it's an it's it's an empty netter he puts a little mustard on the hot dog and then you know Mm. And it's, a, it's the primetime Hockey Night in Canada game, coast to coast. You know, it's, it's sure, it's going to be a thing. If you're just counting suspension, like l- games lost to suspension, like 
that's where you lose me because it's like, well, like again, Spezza, Matthews, like yeah, these are not these are not dirty players. They're just due to freaked out mm-hmm. basically, and and it was and it's a one off a one off kind of thing, and that's where that's where plenty of the of the work gets done on getting that total to, up to to, up to, to be clear. One. When we say most suspended, it's the most total suspensions. Oh, is what they lead the league in the most games there. I think they're second to the Capitals because the Tom Wilson had like a twenty gamer in there, and that's that's what pads I, out. So, I, I, but I it's know. yeah, it's not like we're looking at there's four suspensions, but they were all five games, and you know that sort of thing. Was, and and was, the other piece of it, mm-hmm. and and again, I acknowledge up front, you could do this for any team. Okay, I, I absolutely understand that. But we're talking about the Leafs right now. So we'll do it mm-hmm. for the Leafs. Yeah. You know, everybody is looking at Morgan Riley going, guys, you can't go. The game is over. You can't skate up to someone you're mad at and cross check them in the side of the head. That's mm-hmm. going to be five games. What are we even doing here? And yet every Leaf fan has seen the clip by now of Alex Chason going up to Jimmy VZ a couple years ago mm-hmm. after a game was over and cross checking him in the head. And he got one game. And that was the first suspension that they had ever, that that Department of Player Safety had ever given for something done to the Maple Leafs. And there had been some candidates. One game for doing not exactly the same thing. You know, it's, it it wasn't quite apples to, it it wasn't apples to oranges, apples to a different type of apple. But how do you, how do you justify that? How do you justify, you know, yeah, Fuji Fuji apples, Fuji apples to Gala apples. Exactly. That was, that's exactly what it was. How do you justify Austin Matthews, you know, gets the crotch. You you show that clip and you go, what are you saying? This shouldn't be a suspension. What do you Mm -hmm. see? But then you look at the clip of Wayne Simmons. Sometimes it's not getting, and you go, you know, that, and that wasn't a suspension. Now, again, you could do this with any team. You could do this with the department of player safety. Safety is really inconsistent. I think I in, newsflash in, inconsistent wow. is is that's a charitable. I mean, you, they're incompetent on on, on so, some on some level. So that so that and, that that's always where I this is where part I of what is 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 so is so funny about this because I will tell you, yes, Leaf fans are insane about this. They're insane about everything. That's what fan bases do. Okay, no, but you no Leaf fan should be viewed as some objective source on this, including me. All right, ignore everything I'm saying. But also, there's a lot of people out there that don't like the Leafs and are not objective in the other direction. And it's been very funny. I I felt like until five days ago, the one thing that you could get all hockey fans to agree on is that we think the Department of Player Safety does a terrible job. Like That was the one unifying thing that all fan bases and everybody in the old school and the new school and everybody could get together and be like, we don't like the Department of Player Safety. They do a bad job. Mm Mm-hmm. And the number of people who have spent the last five days going, how dare you besmirch George Peros by suggesting that there could be any bias in this, this wonderful group of, uh, it, it's, it's dude, it's, 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 yeah, it's, it's, I don't it's, know. there's, there's something weird going on and maybe the something weird is like you say, just coincidence that it could be, that happens a lot. I, I can let me throw one last thing at you. Mm-hmm. Okay. All right. Now I said I wasn't doing the conspiracy love, thing. Here is my actual. Yeah, here I, I know this is this is here's this is the, the run. This is the run up to the conspiracy theory. I, here's I the actual happening. Here's the actual conspiracy. All right. Saturday night, you're George Peros. You're watching the game, or your phone buzzes. Uh oh, you see what Morgan Riley just did, and you look at that and you go, "Man, that's really bad." He, Not good. Crushy got it. Got the kid in the head. It was after <laughs> the play. We can't have that. And you go, "Man, I'm thinking." 
I'm thinking this is a three to five gamer. This is good. But and then you think that, man, I'm going to have to deal with all these Leaf fans, all this Toronto media. They're all going to be so mad. I've given Morgan Riley, the Lady Bing candidate. I'm going to give him three or four or even five games. That's crazy. Hey, I got an idea. In-person hearing. In-person hearing. Everybody flips out. Oh, my gosh. It's going to be six plus. It might be 10. It might be 20. Then you cancel the in-person hearing because of the weather. And you drop five on them and everyone goes, oh, okay. Well, that was reasonable then. You just spent. And we all think we won. Okay. And everyone's going, Leaf fans <laughs> won. Leaf fans talked him down. Is George Peros playing 4D chess on us here? Let's see. Where are we? At? We're, we're in 19, 19 minutes of the record. You spent 15 minutes being like, no, there's no, there's, there's no, there's yeah. no conspiracy theory. And then we're like, well, actually, there, there, there is. There is. Oh, there is, though. I just had what to, if, I had what to if, what if there were, what if I, yeah. what if I just nuke the last 15 <laughs> minutes of what we have, of, of, of what we talked about? The, I'm just saying, I, but that would be a, that would be a good conspiracy theory. That would be like, that'd be smart, right? Are they that's like, smart? I think, I are think this, I think this was, this was one of the times where like, it's a, it's a guiding light. I think of, of, of being, a, like, nobody wants to get yelled at. So many things that we do on a day-to-day basis is yep. just to stop from getting yelled at. And I think mm-hmm. it's possible that some of that mindset took over for Peros, right? Where he's like, what is, okay, I got, I got to suspend him. What is the number in the course of action that'll, that'll get me yelled at the least in, yeah. in, in person hearing with, with a, with a five gamer. It seemed like it worked. It seemed like it worked. Like I don't like. I I think I think right. Are are people are people pissed at, at the Department of Player Safety? Like yeah, absolutely, because they always are. But I agree with you. Like the there's there's <laughs> there's fewer of them that are there's fewer people that and, are mad now. And if you're trying not to get yelled at, with virtually every other suspension decision you have to make, <laughs> there's. The team that got sus- the, the team that did the thing that's getting a player suspended, and there's the team on the receiving end, and nobody else, and everyone else is just kind of like you know weighing in or whatever. But generally speaking, nobody else really cares. Whereas when the with the Leafs, it becomes this national and mm-hmm. sometimes beyond that story. And you got like, man, I'm gonna have everyone yelling at me. Oh, nudge the number <laughs> up a little bit. That's it. That's it. That's all it is. It's just basic human nature. But now they can't do it anymore because we finally had the big freak out over it. Now it'll probably go the other yeah. way. Can't you just, you, you talk about where are we at in the storyline. I forgot the obvious one, which is the next time literally anything happens in a Leafs game that is even potentially Department of Player Safety worthy. Oh, it's going to be horrible. It's going to be bad. News. It's going to be terrible, especially if it's anything remotely like this. God help us the next time some Maple Leaf scores a goal and bumps into somebody on the way to, because we're going to have to have the whole, we're going to break it down like this is a Pruder film on this, whether this we got, guy. We got, we got precedent all around. We know, we know how it's approached from, from, from and a if league. There's one thing the Department of Player Safety loves. It's precedent. finding a precedent and sticking to Ooh, it. Baby. Have we, had, again, we haven't had the David Perron has like Alan Walsh weighed in. That feels like another, I was, let's, we're going to slot you in for Thursday. Okay. Walsh will, That'll let let true living we're have kinda, the spotlight. We're kind of we're we're stacked up on Tuesday and Wednesday. <laughs> we can yeah. we can knock this. Get you I, I had that thought. I had that thought yesterday, watching Oilers Red Wings, which was a it was a bizarre game. And Prawn's out there. He had a goal and an assist, and he's doing he's doing David Prawn stuff. Like whatever, huh, whatever, whatever happened yeah. with that. 
Hmm. By the way, this is this does bring to bring to a close again. This is going to be a recurring segment every single show for us, which is we just talk for uh, twenty five minutes about Morgan Riley and Ridley Gregg. It's going it's going yep. to continue. Yeah. Uh, every we week that into, a few weeks into, ago into, with, into perpetuity. Luckily, something happened because otherwise it was going to be a tough, tough slog. But uh, we had like yeah. we had a classic DGB post hit this morning though because you did the the tw- the top twenty unwritten rules. That's one. That was I one did, of those ones where I was I like, did, did you, have you done twenty have you, unwritten rules or not the not, not the top twenty, not the top not, 20. certainly not definitive because I know I even as I was writing it, I'm like I'm missing so done, many of these. Have you not done that? Like I I I, I was trying to go back and see if you, like you you seriously I, don't I didn't had, it I didn't see any old <laughs> like this wasn't your I've, recycling stuff. This is like I've this is like this about, is this is fresh. Yeah, I've talked about it before. Like I've I've written about unwritten rules, but I I've never sat down and tried to write down as many as I could, and then of course rate them based on how ridiculous they are because some of these are pretty dumb and, and some how of them easily are... and, and how easily easy it was to transition in and out of them right because like number six begets number seven yeah. and, and, and some and, of them and do whatever. some of them seem to conflict some of them are yeah it's uh um yeah and and most of them on the ice some of them off and i've already got like in the comments people are like what about this one what and i'm like yeah i should have had that too that's another one so i was waiting for weird sport Nobody can agree on what the rules are and when they're enforced. And, you know, sometimes they seem to, you know, like, like the, the ones around fighting, right. Mm -hmm. You know, if, if you and I are going to fight, we both have to get the gloves off. Nobody jumps anyone. (laughs) The fight's over as soon as somebody goes down to the, you know, all of that stuff. Unless, you know, you've done something Mm -hmm. to break one of the other rules and then I'm allowed to jump you or maybe i'm not i'm allowed to jump you but if that results in you getting hurt then it's a big problem and you know all of this stuff um yeah i i I thought maybe by writing down these rules that it would give some clarity i I don't think it did i think that's one that's when you go into where you're like okay i'm gonna actually i need i need to get some of the stuff straight for myself and 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 figure out where i stand on this like you're, you're doing yourself a favor let's sit down and do the top i I was okay maybe it'll be 10 maybe 12 12. i'm up to 20 some point the editors are like yeah, i need to talk to you about your eighteen thousand word article uh, maybe <laughs> 20, 27 unwritten rules oh, okay yeah. um i was waiting for the for the illegal curve one to jump up because yes. i know that's been that's like one of my favorite that's one of my favorite dgb hobby horses isn't that a weird one it's it's i you're dude you're, you're I, preaching you're preaching the choir on it i think i once wrote like could you imagine if, and these days maybe it'll happen, but you imagine if Bill Belichick got bored of football and was like, I'm going to try a new sport. And he came in to coach a hockey team and he was looking in the rule book and he was like, oh, this, uh, so we can challenge and get a free power play. Like, do, do a lot of guys have illegal curves? And you're like, yeah, Bill, like, lots, half the league. Mm-hmm. You basically can have a free power play whenever you want, uh, but nobody ever does it. You're like, what so- about if it's overtime of game set? Nope. You cannot do it. When was the last time we had one? Was it Ron Wilson on Jason Spezza, or has there been one since then? I think it. I think it had. It had to be that, right? Because that, that's like how long ago? Oh my god, how long ago is that now? Is that fifteen that years was, ago? I want to say like two thousand nine. Yeah. So it's yeah. Oh boy, that is brutal. And well, whatever. And, uh, my- and of course, the most famous one, Jacques Demers against the the LA Kings in ninety three wins them the cup. Like, remember, LA wins game one of the final in Montreal. Game two, they're leading by one goal with mm-hmm. a couple minutes left. 
Jockmer's calls for the stick measurement on Marty McSorley, and the rest is history. Literally, it happened with. I think Kovalchuk had one at some point. Yep, I mean, I, it's it's, it's I happened know, like a it's, few times, but you know, and and we as need, I said in the piece, like people say, well, you know, maybe it's that like it, so many players have legal curves that it's like mm-hmm. a you know you don't you don't do it to me, I don't do it to you sort of thing. But like, which is like lots of players go off sides. How, how I know that doesn't stop these guys from grinding the game to a halt for ten that speaks, minutes. That every that's, night. that speaks to something is you can't. You can't call out misbehavior by by one group of people because it's everyone yeah. actually misbehaves in the same in it's, the same way. That's some that's it's, that's, it's that's very strange. It's, it's one of the only rules in the entire rule book that you have to ask the officials to enforce, and we don't. do I it. wonder. We need to the listeners do it in the comments. Do it on. I want to know who we think has the most illegal curve in the in the league right now. Yeah, probably Kyle Connor. And and I also want to know who's the coach that's gonna do it. Oh, Waz Waz back in the game, baby. Is it? It has to be Patrick Wall, right? But he he never did it with Colorado. They keep they keep dropping games, man. It's gonna be desperation season for old boy. You know what? I don't know, but don't you feel like like Waz would do it? But don't you feel like Lamarello wouldn't let him? Like, don't you feel like that's one of Lamarello's weird unwritten rules? Is Wa freak, no. freaks out and calls for it, then gets canned the next day. Gets it's fired, like, lose. In, yeah, <laughs> Omerta. Yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> oh, we've got, we've got a, we've got some sort of a thing. And and the camera cuts to Patrick Wall at the bench, and then it cuts to the official measuring the stick and announcing the penalty, and then it just cuts back to the Islander bench and Lamarillo's behind there, it's and it. like Watts just never it's seen again. Just, just that. Yeah, he's just like he just ant vived right back. out. There's no uh, explanation. <laughs> he's coaching. He's coaching a team in the queue within set within you know yeah, whatever twenty four hours. There. I, I All right, know, that is a very weird one. I do not understand it. There's Maybe nineteen. There's nineteen other ones on this list. I read them rapaciously today. We're going to our first break together. Congratulations, man. We made it. Then we're coming back Exciting. and we'll we'll talk about stuff that actually happened in in games last night. Stay tuned. Did you know that Connor McDavid? I I went to bed not realizing that he had six assists last night. I was no. I was I was unaware. I did I did not know that because I'm an Eastern hockey writer and I you don't you don't you I, don't watch you don't watch West Coast games. It's true. I don't watch any games that uh, start after seven p.m. Uh, but I woke up to the news and my reaction was like, oh yeah, he's gonna. That's do it. it. Anyone else in the league? I would have been like, holy crap! I gotta find the. Highlights, I got to do all that. I was just like, oh, six. Okay, good for him. Six assists. Ridiculous. Tied for third in points. He's 13 behind Kucherov. This man was 41st in scoring at one point. I know that was a long time ago now, but like, do we disagree? Do we disagree that this is, we disagree that this is going to happen? (laughs) Like he's going to have, yeah, I think it's, I, I, I think, I think we're there. The big question is is what needs to happen for him to for him to jump to the top of the heart of the heart ballot stuff because I feel like we I feel like if he if that team if they finish in first and if he ends up and if it comes down to the last weekend or something and he and he's there in scoring hmm. I think it's I think it's going to happen I, I I think the case in the narrative is going to be so overwhelming that he's just that he's just going to win it again and he'll deserve it. People are tired of voting for him, mm-hmm. but. I say it all the time. 
I say it all the time. Voter, voter fatigue is so real when it comes to this stuff. And the, yeah. the best and, example. And narratives. The narrative of. A hundred percent. Shaquille O'Neal won one MVP during the course of his NBA career. That's always is like. Is Nathan McKinnon old enough to be in the Drew Doughty Lifetime Achievement oh, yeah. Award thing? It's a great question. I felt like ahead of the All-Star break, I felt I like, like the narrative had coalesced around McKinnon in such a way where he see almost seemed like a lock and, it, and, it, and it, but there's always that like rejoinder. There's, there's always that like little asterisk that comes with all these discussions where you're like, unless McDavid goes off and does something crazy and makes the case so overwhelming yep. that you can't vote for anybody else. And I feel like last night might've been the start of him, uh, of that, of that road for him. Like, cause he could, he could, obviously he can do this. He could do this again tomorrow. Right. That's just, that's just mm-hmm. the way the way it goes. Um, I don't, I, I don't, I feel like, I, I feel like it, the, the snowball is rolling down the hill here, I think. Yeah. And the thing with, with the narratives is if you had said before the season, like, look, there's going to be a team that's going to start off terribly. They're going to be like three mm-hmm. and 12, but then their best player is going to go nuts. Yep. And they're going to catch fire. The rest of they're going to roll over everyone, and they're going to finish first by the end of the year. You'd be like, "Oh, that's the MVP." But if you then reveal that it's McDavid and the Oilers, a team we all expected to be good, mm-hmm. does that still like we love that kind of you know the like Taylor Hall getting it because the Devils made the playoffs by one really, point when nobody a, thought they would. We, but we like that, that, but that's another one that was McDavid fatigue. He should have gotten it that year. Yeah. Like, yeah. right. Like, and it, McKinnon is, it's not like anyone thought Colorado wasn't going to be good. So he doesn't get, you know, he, he doesn't get the lifting the team points. Tampa Bay, you know, maybe, especially with Vasilevsky out, you'd say, you know, that's more of the old school value. Uh, but there, there isn't an obvious candidate. And, and you know, 80% of the Hart Trophy is just who's the best player, mm-hmm. uh, who had the best season. And we know McDavid's the best player. There's no dispute about that. If he st- if he wins the scoring title, it, man, there's going to be a lot of twisting into knots to try to figure out somebody else to vote for, especially the fact that McKinnon's never won it. But- it, it in it, in especially because, especially because McDavid, if 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 he actually comes back and do this, like he'll have the he'll have the finishing kick element because that's that's a huge part mm-hmm. of it too. Like yep. if some like games at the end of the schedule are just weighted more heavily than games at the at the front of it like that's yeah, just the way it goes it's it's recency bias it's it's human nature so we're all like if 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 he gets in if he's like really within spitting distance by the time this is all said and done it's going to be because his numbers in february and march and april were other were otherworldly right and people aren't people yeah. aren't going to be able to people aren't going to be able to turn away from that who would you who would you, who would you vote like, for, who would you vote for today today you today yes I probably I probably go McKinnon today. I probably would. And again, like some of that's the the recency of of the his his when he just went nuclear mm-hmm. over like the Christmas break and and that for for it's still recent enough. But uh huh. And he's playing uh, he's playing twenty five minutes a night, and they don't have a middle six. And there's so much more. I think people have internalized this idea that the Avs are a great because they are whatever they they win. <laughs> They won a cup, right? And they're they're mm-hmm. and they're they're at the top of the table, you know, every each and every night. But 
they're there because of McKinnon and McCarr and Miko Ranton. And like that is that that is so much more of a top heavy team than than anybody than anybody wants to admit. And I think part of it is like we internalize them as having three or four effective lines two years ago and just kind of assume that that's always the way that it's been. And it is like, like that that's a team that relies more heavily on, on its stars than, than most, yeah. than, 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 than most contenders. And I think he's the tip of the spear there. So I, I I'm as, pretty, as of right I'm now, sure. mm-hmm. Jonathan Druin is number five in scoring on that team. I can't get over and that, man. That's a guy that a lot of people just now remembered is on the Colorado avalanche. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, uh, no Landis obviously all year long. Um, Rantanen is, is a beast and Kale McCarr is that Kale McCarr is the best or second best defenseman in the league this year, which is maybe that's the part where you, you go, Oh, can you have two guys on the same team? I, I, I think don't take this the wrong way. You never wish injury on anybody, but Mm -hmm. if you want Nathan McKinnon to win the MVP, Kale McCarr missing a couple of weeks down the stretch would, would not be the worst thing that could, uh, bolster the case. McCarr did, you know, McCarr missed like five games earlier in the year and McKinnon. Well, he missed, he missed five games early in the year and it seemed like that was maybe going to cost him the Norris at, at one point. And then like, and then yep. he, he had a, he had a little bit of a dip in play and it seems obviously seems like it's Quinn Hughes to lose, to lose now, but yeah, whatever. Are there, is there, are there any other candidates? Cause I feel I was like just about to say like, year. like, is there, I wish there were someone, I wish there were some like some surprise, like dark horse here. And I yeah. just, there, there the, you know, there's always. And there always is, and there will be this year. I mean, there's going to be somebody that scores 60 points in the second half and, and ends up there. But I'm, you know, just looking at it now, Pasternak is, is there in the scoring too, but I think we've, I think we've all just, the Vancouver guys are going to split. It's votes. impossible to vote for a Vancouver guy. Cause there's three of them really if yeah and 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 none of us have ever watched one of their games i i keep hearing things about these vancouver canucks and i want one of these days i'm going to catch one of their games yeah, i hear they're i'm going to google good. them at some point and see what's happening there but, but you know what not today is there it, <laughs> and yeah i guess there's this is not every year i kind of beat the drum that hey this award isn't just for forwards what about a defenseman what it about a goalie is. it kind of is connor hellebuck i would have made a case for up to even a couple of weeks ago. Now that the jets have cooled off. Um, I think, I think, I think there's a decent chance that Panarin ends up being the guy that comes in and, and, and siphon, and siphon some votes away from, yeah. away from other people. He's been, he's been, if, if he had a big finishing kick, then I think it's possible. I he's, see that. He decided to shoot the puck again. It's wild. We have to consider Bobby McMahon. Is it possible to play 32 games and win a heart? About to find I out. I think so. When you <laughs> score three goals in each one, of every them. game, yeah. <laughs> Did you know that Alex Ovechkin is on a six-game goal streak? I I found out when he hit five because mm-hmm. I had kind of tuned out on the Alexander Ovechkin goal watch because it wasn't right. going well and it was bumming me out. So it, it, it was a sad sad state. Like whatever he okay. So I I think a run like this was always was always possible. Maybe not probable, but I think you know the shot's not what it was. The volume's not what it, not what it was. But it's still better than 10 goals through 43 games or what or or whatever yeah. he was at did i see did i see a, a six game streak coming up for, for for the lad i don't i also i also don't think so mm-hmm. but this um, is it's 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 a good thing because obviously you have the goal chase 
the Gretzky mm-hmm. case. And I know some people are some people want to see the record broken, some people don't. But the the worst case scenario here was always that he just stuck around for five years scoring 15 goals a year. It's gonna be her, the, to crawl over it. And ideally we won't get that. And it I it feels like the days of the 50 goal Ovechkin are over, which means we probably have to wait this year and maybe we don't get it next year, but uh, oh, wait, I, nobody I, wants to see him just out there like in his Willie Mays in the San Francisco Giants uniform, Mets uniform Mets, phase. Yeah. So I just I want to know how far he would debase himself to break to break the record. Like 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 would he be fine? Would he be fine muddling through a nine goal season in 2026, 27 for those? Like like what are yeah. the what what would the what would the caps do? They're oh God, I mean, I feel like the caps would keep they selling got, tickets and they got they got nothing else. That that, that team so, that team is in that team is in some trouble. Yeah. So uh but I I I hope it doesn't come to that. And this uh, last couple of weeks gives us some suggestion that it won't. Speaking we'll of speaking of muddling through some late career seasons, we have a Phil Kessel update. Obviously, it's going to be a fun night, and uh, you know, uh, try not to throw up. Our lad is in Vancouver. Oh, uh, oh, how I hope this happens. All my Google alerts for Phil Kessel return finally, finally popped up. Vancouver and. Does this not feel like, oh, yeah, of course, Vancouver. Why didn't we see this? Because in Pittsburgh, Talk correct it. me if I'm wrong, but Rick Tockett. Tockett. That was mm-hmm. his thing, right? He was the Phil mm-hmm. Kessel whisperer. He was the only guy that could get Phil to you know, put down the... He was the buffer specifically between Phil and, and Mike Sullivan. Like yeah. he, was, he was the Kessel whisperer, but part of the reason there needed to be a Kessel whisperer is because, is because Sullivan was like, I... I can't. I can't. Yeah. I, I can't. I can't deal with this dude. And, talk, and talk, talk. That was that was you, <laughs> Rutherford. You know, like this. This makes perfect sense. And it's a per- like you know, you want him to go to a team that's already a great team. Every team in the NHL needs more secondary scoring because that's mm-hmm. you know the the cap era. It feels like a perfect fit. And he's got one, he's got one year clearly of just being, you know, he was, he was more than happy to hang out in the press box during, during the playoffs last year for Vegas. He had, he had no problem with that. You know, he's, he's not, I don't think he's, he has that particular strain of ego or pride, which is, which is cool to see. Mm -hmm. So he's, and if he did halfway through a season, you would have had to have let it go by now. A hundred. And he does still have the game streak because that didn't, that doesn't count the playoffs. So it's very funny. But, you know what? I mean, you w- wouldn't you almost say like sign him to a contract and then sit him the very first night and just get the straight get it out, out of the way. That's a great Done. idea. It's not going to happen. I love that. Us, you know? Yeah. Um, I feel like, and I feel like that. Like again, where with where he's at in his career, and specifically where he's, you know, now even relative to two years ago, I think he'd be. He got to figure he'd be fine with that. Like we're just we're throwing we're throwing that out. It doesn't need it doesn't need to be an issue to, uh, ten days from now whenever it would happen more organically. Just be like, we're done. Mm-hmm. He scratched. Yep. Yeah, we're not going to have be doing the Phil Kessel ice time watch. He's just going to come in, be you know, play half the games, come be on the second power play unit, do Phil Kessel do things, Phil, do do Phil stuff. Yeah. Every everybody, and, you know, everyone's congratulate. Uh, congratulations to everybody in Vancouver, by the way, because now they can write their Phil fills the. 
you know, here's here's what Phil brings to a locker room story. It's like like yeah. Drancer Dran- oh. just he he hit he hit gold here. That I'm happy for him. Everybody deserves it. the cup rings comes in. You know, it's that's perfect for these teams. It's 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 an absolutely perfect fit. And I'm mad. I'm mad that I didn't have the Kessel to Vancouver piece ready to go because I didn't see this. Like as soon as I, I it was like, oh, man, Phil Kessel, coaches hate this guy. Who's the co- coach? Oh, right. Boom. Perfect. The one guy they just had. Like they had too many. Him. They had too many forwards or too many wingers for a little bit, right? And then you yeah. know they that kind of right. They they move out Kuzmenko for Lindholm. I feel like that probably opens <laughs> a spot. It yeah. opened up some kind of slot where you send out a guy who who annoys Tocket and you can bring in a, a different and, guy who who yeah. doesn't. Yeah, who, but but kind of yeah. should, but doesn't. Like, what, enjoyed the <laughs> six days off that he had. And and look, everyone's also going to make all our jokes about like, well, what kind of shape is Phil Kessel in and everything. But this dude played a thousand games in a row. That is still the greatest. Go back in time and tell hockey fans that something's going to like you go back in time and be like, Ovechkin might break Gretzky's record. People will be like, that's yeah, wild. Okay. But yeah, I could see it. You just go back and be like, hey, guess who's going to be the first guy to get to a thousand game streak and break the Ironman streak? It's and, the uh, tubby guy on the Leafs who doesn't mm-hmm. practice in the in the off season and is winded after every shift. That guy, the, the man is the man is a testament to energy conservation. Like that's that's what that's what it is. He just he yep. he knows <laughs> he's work work smart, not hard. That's <laughs> that's that's the uses, that is the definition. He's got enough energy for a forty five second shift. He uses all of it. <laughs> He gets to the bench. He has a near death experience, and he recuperates in time for the next shift. We need, we need to see it. We need, and the other thing specifically is we need him to play with like whatever Besser or JT Miller or something, and just hook up to the hook up to the Canucks PDO machine. Because like yes. I, I want, I want him to come out and have, you know, whatever 11, 11 points in his first five games or something. Like it, need, it needs, it needs yeah, to happen. I, I, I a few. About a month ago, I said the Canucks were the most interesting team in the league, and I mean this is this is almost unfair now. Like this is you talk about running up the You're score. running up the score, yeah. Signing <laughs> Phil Kessel is the clapper into an empty net of being an interesting team. It's just they're they're not even like is it? I, I every year in the playoffs, I write my bandwagon rankings. Like mm-hmm. here's just like the the sixteen teams. Here's the like. Is there any? I just you can just write it now. I think. Is there any point to even? writing it this year just write just it like, just yeah. just write it now you'll probably have to like fill in a name or two because there's still three weeks before the deadline and Rutherford's going to do something weird like you can yeah. there'll be you can Bring you can like re- you can and... <laughs> yeah, whatever. you can rearrange some furniture here and, and it'll and it'll be fine bring back joe thornton let's, let's do it man we're, we're at another break we need to figure out what to do in the third segment and then we're gonna we're gonna do that and then we're gonna, and then we're gonna come back and have it how's that sound I feel like this could easily turn into a recurring segment over the next yeah, couple months. You can go like, what the hell is going on in the Metro division? I feel like mm-hmm. every, every day I wake up, I look at the standings, I sort, I sort by, you know, points percentage or whatever. I look at this glut of teams from like three to seven in that division. And I ask myself, are any of them any good? <laughs> Right. <laughs> Who? What? What metropolitan division teams do we think are good or half decent, or I guess most relevantly are, are gonna 
are going are gonna to make the playoffs. And we need to continue checking in on this because it's something that seems to change after every after every slate of games. Because again, yeah. none of them none of them are that good. And there's a so there's a lot of volatility in the in the uh, in the in the standings. So we're so we're going to go through and we're going to try to figure out which four teams from the Metro are going to are going to actually are going to actually make the playoffs. Just a nice little temperature check on the on the American mm. on the American division here, which is what they should call it. But that's another argument entirely. So we're putting Our, the Rangers in. Yes. The Ra- yeah, that, that's like, another team that annoys me because I, I, they drive me insane. Every year, there's a few teams where I feel like I'm always a week behind on the narrative. Mm-hmm. And the Rangers are that team that all year long, I'm like, they're good. They're good. They're really good. And then second. they were like, yeah, we actually haven't been good for a bit. We actually haven't been good for a bit. And uh, Igor Shesterkin hasn't been good mm. at all. And so I then like a couple <laughs> weeks ago, it feels like everybody went, was like, all right. Carolina is good again. All right. So they, okay. Uh-huh. So this is now Carolina is going to pass the Rangers and we get it. And now the Rangers have won five in a row as we record this, uh, which is, it feels rude, frankly. It's so they're in the playoffs because we're not doing standard. Yeah. They're in. Cause what I mean, cause they it really, it's like people, you know, it was, is, is Jonathan quick going to take starts from Igor Shesterkin? And he did, he has, mm-hmm. And then Shesterkin last start shuts out the flames. Like I know that's not particularly hard, but I don't know. Yeah, but whatever. They're 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 the I I I'm comfortable saying that they're the best team in in, in the division. I just don't know how legit. Of okay, a, so so one seed and the bet like the favorites to come out of the division because then I mean, this brings us to Carolina, can, who are also truly, making the playoffs. Uh, well, but just like that, whether. If it's the Rangers, when was when will the last time have been where we had a number where we had a division winner, possible top seed coming out of a conference? You're just like, mm, I don't know. Yeah, South, like well, South. This is like Southeast Division shit happening. Except that there was no Igor Shosturkin in the Southeast Division that I remember. Like, I it, aren't the Rangers like like I I'm not fully on board with the Rangers, but can't you envision a scenario yes. where they come in? They got home ice at the very least. And next thing you know, it's the conference final and the Rangers have just won two series, both in five games. And Shesterkin and allowed three goals. And, and, yeah. <laughs> and you're like, oh, right. Okay. Maybe we overthought this because these guys are, are really good after all. The thing um, I just, the thing I just keep saying is it's like, sometimes, sometimes guys just have seasons like this and there's no reason for it. And it's not like, it's not necessarily, you know, a predictor on how the rest of their career will go, and it's not in line with how the rest of their careers let, like led up to it. Sometimes, sometimes dudes just aren't good, and there's an, and there's no there's no real explanation for it, and it's just it's just one of those years. And I think we need to I think we need to consider that Shesterkin might be might be in the middle of one of those. I don't know. Two Carolina, yeah, nine oh two as of right now for Shesterkin. Carolina. Speaking of goaltending, mm. that's kind of what we're all waiting on is. Do they do they figure out the goaltending one way or another? If that's Freddie Anderson comes back, great. If that's somebody they've got internally, great. If it's a trade, which is what we're all kind of 
you know, in, in this business, that's what we want, right? Go get Markstrom, mm-hmm. go get UC Saros or something like that. Flurry. Uh, it, I feel like as soon as that happens, everybody goes, all right, Hurricanes mm-hmm. are now our, our top pick, but mm-hmm. they're not there yet. The, a big variable too for them. I, I actually, I wrote, I wrote about Andrei Svechnikov's knee rehab uh, this week, but it, it had been a story that I like reported out. You know, I start, I talked to him for the first time in November. Right. And then he, and then he had, and then he had an injury Then he came back and he was great. And I talked to him again at the end of this, un, this unbelievable run that he had in January with the intention of publishing it then. And then he got hurt again. Like it's, it's just random. It's random nagging stuff. It's an oblique thing. That's been, that's been bugging him. And now he's back. The glass half full is like that this dude is now 11 months out from ACL rehab. He looked unbelievable when he came back. That's like the consensus still is like for his, for all the advancements that we've made in rehab technology and for as much of a beast as, as Svechnikov is in, in the workout room and all that, it's still a torn ACL and you're still not really going to feel like yourself until you're, until you're 12 months out after the, after the, the initial injury. Optimism for Carolina is, like I said, we're almost 11 months on the dot uh, out from it now, right? So you're like, okay, this dude, this dude is going to be fully operational in time for the stretch run. And the pessimistic view is like, it is, is it just one of those years for him where it's like, yeah, he he was like had had some knee discomfort at, at the start of it, and then he had the oblique, and he had some other lower body thing. Is it just like one of those things where he's 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 never going to really? hit his stride this season. And that's, that's the, that's the pessimistic view. But I think that's always what it is with, with, with Carolina. Right? it's like, are, are, are Ajo and Svechnikov going to be good enough at the top of that lineup to give those guys the pop that they need, you know, over the course of a long playoff series. And you, then you, then you throw in the goalie question too. I don't know. They're fascinating. Yeah. And, this, and right now, 10th goals for 10th goals against for Carolina. So for a team that it feels it like right. narratives are always goaltending is not good enough. They don't have enough scoring power. And top ten. I mean, that doesn't get that doesn't get you like cup favorite status. Mm-mm. But that it can work well. It could be worse. This is where stuff starts to get interesting. Uh, Spot three. 64 so points. The Philadelphia right the now. Flyers. It's the Flyers. And I'm I'm starting to get. Mm-hmm. I don't know. I don't know about you, but mm-hmm. I spent the first half of the season not really buying the Flyers, and Flyer fans didn't seem to be buying it. And now I'm finally starting to get the, hey, you're sleeping on these guys. Why? Where are the Flyers? You know, the, this good young team, Tortorella's done a fantastic job. Might be taking the Jack Adams from Rick Tockett. I, if he can't, I, I can't believe that that's happening, but it f- kind of feels like it is. Like, I, I, like I wrote Tockett, in for the Jack in permanent marker at the start of the yep. season. I was like, this is done media friendly dude. Everyone loves him. He's on a team that's, that's primed to prime to improve. And they've been unbelievable. And we're, I'm still like, I kind of think, I kind of think towards is, is, is going to come up and snag it. Every year there is the team that nobody buys. that just hangs around and hangs around and, and sometimes eventually makes it. It was Seattle last year. Mm-hmm. Um, Right now it's Philadelphia and they've got, and, and it's, it's one of these things. And it just tells you how crazy the NHL is like they 
weren't even trying for this. And by they, I mean like Danny Briere in the front office. Like they were clearly in rebuild mode. Let's ship out some contracts. They went and they use a high pick on a kid that's not even going to come over for mm-hmm. a few years. It like it was very clearly like we're looking down the road here. Uh, and yet everything's breaking right. So let's put it out there. Is this team making the playoffs? I think you almost, I think it would be a disappointment now if they, if they don't, because the teams that are chasing them are a significant, like measurably significantly behind and also not that good. Like they got a Mm -hmm. bunch of flawed teams coming up, coming up from behind here and we're going to go, whatever we'll go and do them now. New Jersey, Jack Hughes is back. That's a major, whatever that's that's an, an important an important point to make but that's a, still a team decimated by injuries Dougie's out mm-hmm. he has been for, the, for for most of the season plenty of other other issues there and they have again we're talking about goalie issues for Carolina no team has more severe goalie issues than New Jersey because Vanacek Vanacek's mm-hmm. bad so like what do we Everyone, everyone, it would be great to be able to say like, all right, here come the devils. Like, like they're, they're riding the ship at, at the, at the correct time. But like, there's still, a, there's, a, there's a lot of problems there and there's six points behind the flyers. Like, we, like we're, we this is two like games in hand. That That's true. That, man, I, 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 that is, I still think the devils make it. And, mm-hmm. uh, especially now that they're getting healthy again, minus Hamilton, he's not. He's not coming back. Not during the regular season, mm-hmm. at least. I it, the the thing about the goaltending is, if if you don't have a starting goaltender, that's both the worst problem you can have because, as we've seen with multiple teams every year, if you don't have goaltending, you don't have anything, mm-hmm. and none of the rest of what you do matters if you're always giving up that backbreaking goal. So it's the worst problem to have, but in a way, it's also the best problem to have because if you've got a lousy blue line. You can't go and get six defensemen. Mm-hmm. If you've got no scoring depth. You can't go and get, you know, five forwards. To get, but if you don't have no starting goalie, you need one guy. And is that one guy out there? Now, we we had the reports that they got really close on Jacob Markstrom and then weren't able to push it over the finish line. And we don't know if that was from the New Jersey side or the Calgary side or or no trade related or who knows. But they're clearly... Taking the swing at they that, don't even I, need, I, yeah. They, I feel they like they're even good need enough to Mar- make the playoffs. Yeah, yeah. What I don't know that they need Mark. They need their own version of like Jonas Corposalo for the Kings last year or something. Just like yeah. a a dude, Jake Allen, maybe great could be exactly. the guy. Just a guy, a guy who comes in and gives them an option that is not at the bottom of the league. In every yep. in every conceivable way, like guy who I, can come in and tell the rest of the team, like guys, I'm not going to stand on my head here. I'm not going to win you anything. I'm not. I'm but, not going to. I'm not going to stink though. Yeah, you don't have to worry that it's every it. time, you know, the puck comes into our zone. You don't have to play. You don't. You don't have to play scared because you be because you're worried about worried about me. So I put New Jersey in, and I'm going to put New Jersey ahead of Philadelphia. Okay, I like that. And then it's a question of can one of these other three teams catch up to the flyers we, islanders caps penguins islanders was the shortest coach bounce we've ever seen they're under yeah. they're, they're they've now lost more games than they've won on under mm-hmm. yeah um and uh staples had a good piece today 
mm-hmm. uh, about that and how the you know the bounce isn't happening and and some of the improvements are there and and obviously and we're talking eight games so could right. still go in, we'll in a few directions but they feel <laughs> like a team that's sputtering would maybe be the nice way to put it the caps are awful i i god bless them for stacking mm-hmm. 54 points thus far their goal differential is minus 37 did you know that oh <laughs> they, wow they they stink and yet Based on raw points, they are ahead of the Pittsburgh Penguins, who have four games in hand on on some teams and three on most. Yeah, um, five games in hand on the Flyers for the Penguins. So that's the interesting one because the Penguins are eleven points back at the Flyers, which at this time of year it's over. But they got five games until in you, hand until you look at it. At that one, that one column that a, that a lot of people kind of gloss over. Shout out to the schedule maker, by the way, for make, putting what no is, effort at this? all into balancing anything this year. So. Hey, you win all five of those games, you're one point back. But also, you're the Penguins, it's and you haven't loser, shown yeah. loser, loser, loser behavior. Say like, yeah, yeah. If we just we win every game in hand we have. We're we're, we're cooking with gas now. Like, winning two of those games feels like a challenge sometimes with these guys. And the thing with the Penguins is they've got this fascinating Jake Gensel situation hanging over mm-hmm. everything, where they've got arguably the number one player potentially on the trade market, but do they move him? And what does that say? And what is the signal that you send if you're Kyle Dubas and you, you go to Sidney Crosby and say, Hey man, great job on the season. You're putting up MVP season. It's insane what you're doing in your late thirties, mm-hmm. but I'm waving the white flag. I'm quitting on this team. I'm going to trade Jay Gensel. I'm going to get a first round pick and some prospects that we desperately need because the cupboard is pretty bare, but none of those assets are going to help. A lot of this. Couple years. Okay, so let's see. We're we're recording this on February fourteenth. The trade deadline's on what the sixth of March. Eighth of March, yeah. Eighth so. of March. Eleven games. Like they will know. They will know beyond a shadow of a doubt by the time the deadline rolls around whether they have a chance in hell. To get to to get this done, so if we're talking, because by that point the games in hand, you know, will have will have vanished, and we we can make like apples to apples comparisons about this team and say like, mm-hmm. you guys are through sixty one games, you were eight points out of out of a wild card spot. Like, see you later. Like we like we got it. We got to do this. Sorry, or it's going to be like. Two points out, or they're or, or yeah. they're they're going to have enough of a chance to justify not punting on the season that Sidney Crosby has in had. In which case, Jake Gensel gets a seven-year extension and just throwing money, throwing money down the hole. Kyle Dubas is like got all the chips in the middle. He's like looking around on the floor to see if any of them are. You can pick something else and throw it in there. Yeah, and then I mean, how fascinating is is it that it could? Come down that last playoff spot could come down to the Penguins, a team that went all in mm-hmm. versus a Flyers team that was maybe not even trying to have a playoff caliber roster, and it 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 could come right down to those two teams. Just be a shame. Who I'm told are you know have maybe a little bit of a rivalry, light, so, some some light some light history. Let's let's call it. You know what the fun thing is is that we get to talk about this you and I once a week 
again mm-hmm. for forever in perpetuity. This is this will Always. never this this will never ever go away. I'm right. sorry. Until I get fired for my rampant Leafs homerism. <laughs> I was gonna say you get deported, but what are you gonna do? You're already in yeah. Canada. Could be that too. Ban, uh, ban, banned from working for American Found Baseball in division. a snow ditch with a George Perros <laughs> fist-sized hole in the side of my head. And uh, yeah, that, that all sounds about right. With a with a violent gentleman t-shirt thrown thrown <laughs> over your corpse. Well, no. This has been fun. Could dude. happen. We get to, like I said, we get to do it again next week. Pretty sweet. Thank you guys looking, for, li- for listening to the Athletic Hockey Show. Please leave us a five-star rating. This is me begging for that. And review if you're enjoying the show. There's new, like again, we have we've reshuffled the decks. I'm sure I'm sure you guys I'm sure you guys know that. We got Laz and Lasnian on Monday and me and Sean on Wednesday and Haley and Max and me on Thursday. Sorry I have two shows. It's kind of embarrassing, but play the hand that you're dealt. And right now, of course, you can get a one-year subscription to The Athletic for $2 a month when you visit theathletic.com slash hockey show. Thanks again for listening, and we will see you next week. Bye-bye.